Hey friends, this is what <laughs> I I'm sitting typically when I do these intros to the podcast, I sit down, Sarah and I sit down at the dining room table, but you know what? Sarah's cooking dinner. I just want to hang out with you. Uh, so anyways, welcome to question number 77. I'm calling this one, is apathy the opposite of patriotism? Here's the deal. Hopefully, I don't know what the hell is going on in the world, but I remember growing up, I feel like there was this age-old adage that polite conversation does not involve politics and religion. In your, if you're in public having conversation, don't bring up politics and religion. But I don't know what the hell's going on because I feel like that's totally flipped. Nowadays, people are, it almost feels like publicly, people are not willing to have a conversation unless it involves some sort of politics and religion. Am I wrong there? Like maybe that's just social media. And for sure, Facebook. Like you're not, I don't, I think it's a written agreement. It's like part of the terms you have to collect. I agree. Whenever you sign up for a Facebook account, do you agree that at least every three posts you have to talk about, you have to post something about your faith or your political biases or something like that? You seem like you had you had thoughts. I'll bring, allow, allow me to bring this to you. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, I think we're in such a very heated uh, world right now. And of course it is an election year. So all of that makes what you're saying seem to be quite uh, real. However, I do neither of those things, and I'm quite happy. Well, yeah. So, you are correct. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that's right, and there's so many other factors going on right now that make it even more than it ever was before. And part of that is who's on your feed, you know? I have a two-fold question that I present to myself at all times whether or not I'm going to have a conversation about politics or religion with somebody in a mixed company, whether that's online or one-on-one -on -one with a friend. And the two questions I ask myself are, one, are we both in agreement that neither of our thoughts are a personal attack on the other person's beliefs or values? That is the number one, that has to happen. And then number two, the question I ask myself is, do we both have a mutual respect for each other and are we both mutually curious and interested in what the other person believes? Like, are there gonna be questions involved? Are we just waiting for our term to talk, time to talk, trying to convince each other of, trying to pull each other to our team or something like that? Or are we interested in understanding, hey, if I, if I can listen to this person's beliefs and their thoughts on what's going on right now, that's actually, Going to it's going to tell me a little bit something about them and their journey and who they are and I'll get a better understanding and I'm, it's actually a possibility. I mean, that's, that's even a weird thing saying this. Like it's actually a possibility of becoming closer with someone else by having these conversations. But <laughs> very rarely do I have conversations about politics and religion that I feel like have made me closer with the other person. I'd actually put that question on a lot of people listening. Like, when's the last time you've left a conversation involving politics and religion where you left feeling closer to the person and more, un maybe even more heard by that person? All of this, I say, to intro my conversation with my buddy Dan Rodriguez, my only gig in the past, like, four months. Dan and I were playing up in Door County. It was a socially distanced show, and it was just he and I. So we drove up together, and as we were driving, naturally something happened. What we were driving that spurred on a conversation. And 
I decided just to pull out my uh, microphone. Uh, what followed was th this sprawling conversation talking about politics, faith, uh, the difference between the two, the similarities between the two, creativity. We talked about curiosity. We talked about uh, what it means to father your own curiosity. Uh, we talked about music, recording. I mean, it was just, it was a great conversation that was, that really was one of the rare times I left a conversation about politics. Uh, feeling closer to, to someone else and feeling more heard and feeling like I knew the other person. You know, everything you just said there makes is makes me think that ties it into the, the whole damn reason this whole conversation started <laughs> is because maybe the opposite of patriotism is apathy. And maybe wow. the ultimate maybe the ultimate fault, maybe the ultimate problem I could I could fall into in life is to not have an opinion about it and to take myself out of the conversation. Maybe wow. that's the ultimate not. I love the opposite of patriotism is apathy. I know, I know, and maybe that's my thing, and that is where I need, that's honestly, if I'm gonna be honest with myself and with you, uh, I think maybe the most dangerous thing for me is making sure I am differentiating within myself. Am I just not curious about that? Because it's fine if I'm not. And I'm not, if, I, if I'm not, I won't waste time diving into stuff. Or am I just being apathetic and lazy and not being willing to voice my own opinion Interesting. and stand for something? Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. <laughs> Hey, uh, if, the, if you're listening to the podcast for the very first time, my name is Rob Morgan. I used to, for over a decade, travel to the world. Uh, now I'm not allowed to travel anywhere, except for my home state of Minnesota. <laughs> as far as a motorcycle will get you. Actually, false. I can't cross the Canadian border up north. Uh, but this is my podcast where I sit down on location over drinks with people that I find intriguing to try to get past what it is they do to find out who they are and why they do it. I'm halfway joined by my wife, Sarah, who is here in the kitchen where I'm sitting. She's making dinner. I'm recording an intro to the podcast. That seems like a healthy relationship. Why don't you go stir that and I'll just yell across the room at you and hold a microphone. Well, I'm just going to dive right in the episode before I do a couple of things. Number one, I want to say a massive thank you to our sanitization sponsor for the podcast right now. In the middle of COVID, listen, I'm hosting a podcast. I'm going to sit down on location with someone, but you know what? Freaking COVID hits. There's no location. There's no locations anymore. <laughs> but no, we're, we're easing back into, I'm trying to make the safest uh, decisions possible, the safest steps possible. Uh, moving forward with opening up this podcast, meeting together with people one-on-one. -on -one. I've gotten longer uh, uh, cables. But another way we've been doing that is through the generosity of our sanitization sponsor, Dunord Distillery here in South Minneapolis. Their sanitizer distillate that we've, we've, we're spraying down all the gear between interviews. Uh, thank you to Dunord Distillery if you want to check them out. 
You can find them online. Their website is dunordcraftspirits.com. That's spelled D-U-N-O-R-D. Craft Spirits. I think you can figure that out on your own. Uh, Hey, I also want to say a massive thank you to those of you. Uh, you know what? A couple weeks ago, I interviewed Andrea Swenson, and we are doing a giveaway on the podcast. What? I would. You may pour me some. We don't have Guinness right now, but Sarah's pouring me some red wine. Uh, we are doing a giveaway right now. In front of me, I've got Andrea Swenson's book, Got to Be Something Here, The Rise of the Minneapolis Sound, and I'm giving it away. It's signed by Andrea. And all you had to do to win this book was to head over to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe on the podcast. That helps us out a ton. Uh, and we drew three winners because I want to give away a book uh, and some Guinness swag. So to those of you that did that, thank you. The winners for the book, randomly selected, selected... By the way, to all the winners of this, text the podcast hotline with your address and we will mail this stuff out. But the winner of the book is Wyatt Raymond. Uh, winner of some Guinness swag is goes by Wow Buddy. I like it. If you're Wow Buddy with an expl- exclamation point, we've got some Guinness swag for you. And John Weirick. We have some Guinness swag coming your way. Congratulations. The rest of you, hey, listen, if you want to help out the podcast right now, take 20 seconds, head over to iTunes, rate, comment, and subscribe on there. Leave us a message. Say anything you want. Sarah would say. Five stars only. But that helps us out a ton moving forward. Cheers, Hobie. Mm, to Tuesday. All right, let's just dive into this. Uh, paint you a little picture. My buddy Dan Rodriguez and I were driving up north to Door County, Wisconsin to play a socially distanced show. Miles in the distance, I see uh, we're about to pass under a bridge. And suddenly, from a distance, I start seeing that they're holding a bunch of American flags. They're all wearing red, white, and blue. It did something inside me, and I just decided to talk about it. So I pulled out a microphone, and this is the conversation that followed. Okay, so we're driving on the interstate, I-94, heading to Wisconsin for this show right now. And uh, I thought it was really weird because we were driving under an underpass and all of a sudden we see a ton of people standing on it, waving American flags. And my initial reaction surprised me because my initial reaction was, oh shit, what is this? (laughs) And what surprised me is because I grew up patriotic and the second i see the american flag right now being waved over there i'm like oh great okay what is this and sure enough we drive by and it's a bunch of trump flags with it and so for me i don't dive into the politics a ton on this but i'm like i found it interesting that as soon as i see a bunch of people with american flags being waved i get apprehensive right now and that just came out of me and i told dan who's sitting here driving for my my deal is that I, the more I travel, and especially the more I've been uh, traveling overseas, I've been viewing, like there's been a less of a me versus us versus them mentality. Like, I'm an American. And like that, the mindset that I am thankful for America for sure, but it's, I've almost been viewing myself over the years as more of a world citizen. A little bit, like as a human part of the human race, sure, yeah. and uh, and so I feel like 
I've almost become been becoming less patriotic as time goes on, and you, especially with all the shit happening right now in politics in the world. Oh, yeah. And you said you feel like you're getting more patriotic lately, yeah. and that interests me because I I don't know what the hell you're saying, <laughs> but I feel I don't I don't I I may connect with it, but right now you say that and I go I don't I'm interested. What does it mean? Why why are you getting more patriotic? Yeah, I think for me it's like I'm getting I've been more patriotic since 2015. And that's kind of when it started. And it was seeing the decline of, and the division in our country. And then when Trump became the president, some of the things he tries to do, I mean, we went through the third impeachment of a an American president. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but either way, it's only happened a few times. But like that kind of a thing, I'm sitting there reading up, up about procedures for impeachment in the United States, and like what does the Constitution say about it, and like what are the laws surrounding that? Dude, you know, where do you go to find that? By the way, that's a rant. I, I'm I, total shit know, at reading I, that. First of all, I have a hard time with people that. Um, like all the all the folks that are finding conspiracy theories and things online uh, during COVID nineteen, for example, there's a lot of information out there, and a lot of folks are getting information from weird sources. But a lot of the folks that are shaming those people like to, I've seen this a lot. Oh yeah, would you go to Google University? I just listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I listen sure. to the scientists who went to real school. What do you go to Google University? I go. Oh, dude. dude. If if you were at a university, if you were at Harvard and you were writing a paper without Google, yeah, you'd have a very hard time without yeah. a, without an internet search engine, finding all of your sources and all that stuff. So, people that hurt, it's like there's a. I, I get it. There are people that are finding ridiculous things in like, the fringe uh, parts of the internet. Yeah. But then there, are, like, don't shame people who are. Active, at home, actively, actively trying to learn. trying to learn about things. Yes. Those people are doing the same, oftentimes, and it's especially educated people who have have done, written edu- uh, papers uh, through university, or they've, they've done research like that. Yes. Like, my wife has her master's. Yeah. She goes and researches stuff. I trust what she's finding. Yeah, yeah. Because she's not, she's not going to go like, oh, yeah, I saw it on, you know, <laughs> some fringe thing, and then... I took that as fact. It's yeah, like, yeah. You got to take everything with a grain of salt. And, this and, and, that. Gu- and Google University is a hell of a lot better than Facebook University. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, well, at least I went to Google and didn't just get all my information from a meme. Dude, okay, I'm opinionated about the Google University thing because I think it's a really great tool. The problem is people don't know how to use Google. Right. Like yeah. the thing you go, you go to Google, and it's like, why? Why Trump is going to win 2020? Well, instantly, you're going to pull up everything you're looking for. But if you're looking for something, and I feel like, my opinion is, I never use Google with full sentences. So I use, I think of Google as tag words I'm looking for. So I think like Trump, election, uh, impeachment, laws, like like non-emotional language that you'd be searching if I was searching a database. Right. With, and that's how I treat Google. But if you put it, if you feed it something, it's going to give back what you're looking for. And I think, and if, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I understand, just like Facebook algorithms work, I believe your the news sources that you normally would 
uh, adhere to or listen to or yeah, read. Yeah. Like your cookies? It, that it's sees... reading and those things and the cookies and putting those things first. So it's just confirming your own bias still. Dude, do you ever hit Google when you're looking up stuff? Do you ever hit Google and go uh, to like, you go down to the bottom and it shows you all the page numbers and then just hit 10? Yeah. Like go deep in yeah. Yeah. I've done that when I've been to like trying to find a, like fix a problem on my motorcycle yeah. that I can't find and it's like, no, none of these people are talking about what I'm looking for. Just, just go a little deeper go into deep. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but oh, yeah. going back to what the original yeah, yeah, question yeah. was, I find myself to be more patriotic and a good example is just from this last week when Trump was floating the idea of postponing the election because until everybody can go and vote in person. Uh... I have a lot of opinions about that, you know, saying, yeah, yeah. saying alone, I mean, the, the idea alone of saying, we need to reopen all the schools, but then it's not safe for you to go to your polling place yes. and be there for 10 minutes and press a, like, fill in a thing in a ballot and then leave. That's not safe, but you can send your kids yes. to school for, for eight hours a day, and it's like... Yeah, yeah. It is pure nonsense. Dude, it's, okay, side note, because I'm going to bring you back to this, because I love... I'm, a side note of a side note. I oh, love this. I love, I love this. is good. Dude, uh, that makes me think of... I'm always hypersensitive to when uh, people... The things people are doing just seem too convenient. Like, oh, well, that's convenient uh, for you uh. to do. Like, it's convenient for, like, well, you're making the laws about the, getting people back in the school or uh, delaying the election. It's right. like, well, it, no matter what it is, it just happens to line up with what you want. Uh, an opposite of that is everybody shitting on the mayor because he just put the legislation through to stop bar service in bars indoors, yeah. indoors which people think you can't go up to a bar but what it really means is you need to be seated if you and they have to be doing like bar ser- like food right. service there and have you social distance so it's like keeping people from just crowding at the bars like How the crazy did you learn bars that, though? from talking to uh, a bar owner right. in Minneapolis. Right. Not from oh, yes. reading the headline on a Facebook, Facebook. Yes. and saying, oh, I shut down all the all the restaurants and everything. Yeah. I found out because I saw the headline and I reached out to my friend who's a bar manager Yeah. and I said, what does this mean for you? And it was just kind of plainly, plainly laid out. It was just yeah, like, oh, it just means X, Y, and Z. And it's not as big of a deal as everybody's saying. Like, right. But everybody's shitting on the mayor. But the thing that's interesting, I'm wondering, I'm like... I'm apolitical, pretty much, for the most part, when it comes to, like, a lot of things. I would say that is accurate about you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I want, I'm trying to educate, I want to educate myself more. I'm just, don't feel like I'm fully there. And that's why I'm asking about this. But the thing with the mayor is, like, everybody's shitting on the mayor, and I'm I'm thinking, what does this benefit him? He knows everybody's going to get more pissed. Like, the governor and the mayor shutting down, like, restaurant service and stuff. They know everybody's going to be pissed at him. This doesn't do anything positive for him. To me, it's like... It seems like he, they're just trying to make the best decisions they can, at least in this specific thing for me. Here's here's the thing: you yeah. can make a ton of people angry at you uh, on one side of an aisle. Yeah. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you probably you may not get reelected if you don't take those precautions, and shit gets completely out of hand, and a ton more people get positive cases of COVID and a bunch more people die, the consequence of that is human lives. Yeah. So then you go, all right, well, which one's more important, me getting reelected maybe, or human human lives? And at that point, it's not even an election issue. It's just like, a, well, you got to do the one that's yeah. morally correct, even if it may be extreme or, or, or 
or insane. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like our, our governor, I, a lot of people call Walt a dictator, but if you just actually listen to him talk, uh, he, a lot of, a lot of times, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of opinions about things. Yeah. But the way he says stuff too, because he, he'll talk to the reporters in the press, press conference and go, it's very important that you understand the wording of what I'm saying because I'm not saying this, 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 or this. Yes. And he's he's like trying to get ahead of what the uh, opposition press is going to do as a headline. So he kind of is guessing what they're yes. going to say and go. What I'm not saying is this, 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 and this. Yeah. What I am saying is this. And it's, he's pretty fair and pretty balanced. Yeah. Honestly. And um, I'll throw in my opinion so you don't have so I don't throw you under the bus. But my thing is, I've always felt for him at least is. Uh, is exactly what you're saying. Like, he's throwing out facts. When it comes to the COVID things, it's like, well, we don't... I'm not going to say... I can't, We can't say we don't... He, maybe he could have done better with a better game plan for reopening, but who knows? It's like... Maybe, but he was it's also... It's only facts. He was from, also very against closing down the, the state. Yes, we were, I do remember that. It took yeah. us a while, and he was like, I'm not doing that unless until we see more information about this. And I'm yeah. not doing that I, unless the numbers are going to go crazy. And yeah, so yeah, he was very against it. He was never for, like, shutting the thing down unless it was, like, the last resort. Yep, absolutely, this is the only way yeah, yeah. to do this. And then when he did it, then all of a sudden everybody's all up in arms about it. And I'm just going, like, you guys, there are dictators. Yeah. There are tyrannical, power-hungry individuals. Yes. I don't think this guy is one of them. It's the last thing he wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, was one of the last to do it. Yeah. And uh, we lucked out because we just we had good numbers and most people were staying home anyway. And yeah. So, uh, you know, he lucked yeah. out for that reason. He was able to hold off. But anyway, going yeah. back to the original thing, how yeah. am I being more patriotic now? Yeah, yeah. Trump recently floated the idea of postponing the election. And so I go on Google University and I start finding a bunch of what happens, like, because yeah. I saw some somebody post about like that be that means Nancy Pelosi becomes president. I was like, what? And so I looked at that, and then it's like the Speaker of the House would be, however, not if they're up for re-election. And so it's like this whole intricate process of like anybody who's in. Like the House Speaker, if the House Speaker is up for re-election, then it goes to the Speaker of the Senate. And I could yeah. be wrong about this. It's just yeah. a, a quick search. I was just learned some. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, but if the Speaker, or like a, the Senate Majority Leader, is um, up for re-election, then they can't because if there's yeah. no election, then they're no longer an elected official. And so then it's like they couldn't be that person. And what? So there is a possibility. Right now, the Republicans uh, are the majority in the Senate. But if enough of them are up for re-election and the election were to be postponed, that didn't happen, they would no longer be an elected official. And it, the House majority, if, if there were enough Republican senators up for re-election and fewer Democrat senators, the House could actually flip. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm not going to do the research and look at how many senators are up for re-election and this and that it's an, it's an unknown that I don't need to know yeah. right now I could go look up that information and then I would know what would yeah. happen in this scenario yeah. it's such an implausible scenario yeah. that I don't believe it'll take place but and I think he was floating that idea so that he would get headlines about floating that idea yeah. instead of the headline the main headline for the day being that we've seen the, the largest drop 
and a quarter in the, the GDP. GDP. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, in history. And uh, so then he says, well, maybe we'll postpone the election, and all the headlines are about that instead. And I mean, he's just he just, he's knows, just controlling he the just news. He just knows yeah, how yeah. to control the media that and way. The folks, yeah. And then he knows that nobody, no Republicans are going to go. What an idiot! He knows that. He knows that nobody on his side of the aisle is going to call him out and criticize him. Yeah. So uh, it's a safe bet to do. But but in that moment, I, I felt very patriotic. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on. You can't postpone the election. What, the, what does the Constitution say about this? And it's like, as a citizen, I'm educating myself more and more about how the politics of my country work. And it makes me want to go and vote. It makes me want to go understand these different things and understand the intricacies of what could make actual real change happen. And like, learning so much more about that. I know more about our country's government and how it runs and operates than I ever have. Oh, yeah. And I've learned more in the last few years than I ever have. And have a hell of a lot more than I do. And it's, or, and it's a lot less than most people. But, so for me, I just look at that and it's like, I feel more patriotic these days. And, I okay, mean, I, I think one of the most patriotic things a, a U.S. citizen can do is go protest against something that they don't, that they believe is wrong, you know, that they believe is wrong. And, and so I, all the people shaming the folks that were, that have gone to the governor's mansion with while they're armed to the teeth and all that like yeah they, it's not really a peaceful protest if you're threatening violence with a firearm but I understand I'm not going to shame them for protesting something that they believe in that's one of the most American things you can do yeah and the same goes for the folks that are uh, protesting police brutality and things like that in the country that's the most American thing you can do you are stepping in and walking and marching and and chanting for change and you're doing it with the very first thing you were given yeah. in the Constitution. That's so cool. That's so cool to me. And See, with every... It's interesting where I don't... Where I... my I think I might have some blind spots uh, is that I'm so... I'm constantly... With everything going on, I'm... With, like, shit has hit the fan this year trying to figure out so many things in life. I've been so trying to focus on like what's within my control right now. Like I'm obsessed with that thought. Like what is within my control yeah. really and what should I be focusing my energies on? And so for me, I always translate that to with all the political no- nonsense that's happening, I translate it to, well, I'm going to when it comes time to vote, I'm going to vote. I'm going to make sure before that I'm educated on who is running for what and who I want to vote for. But beyond that, it's almost like I want to make sure I'm up to date with news that is relative that relates to me, and yeah. make sure I'm not just like completely an idiot on stuff. But I have this like massive like thing of what's the point in my mind. Like I'm just not really. I, maybe it's just I don't have like an innate sense of being any sort of curious with the things that are happening politically. Because in my mind, I'm like. Uh, Okay, this is a good example. This weekend happened, right? Yeah. Like, we, we just went. We took the night off. We were going to go camping. And for me, I go, uh, this uh, amor fati, this love of fate, is this very uh, this is a stoic principle, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And so I've been thinking... Amor, amor fa- fati. Amor fati. Amor fati. <laughs> amor, amor fati. <laughs> 
I love Dr. Fauci. I love Dr. Fauci. <laughs> yeah, I put I put this bumper sticker on the back of my Volvo, and I'm wondering why everybody's honking at me. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like. We had, we had this pl- we had this plan for this weekend, but t- uh, and things happened, and some of the guys couldn't come. Yeah. And I was bummed about it, but that but I didn't like, I, it didn't ruin the the whole evening for me because I thought at all times we were always headed in the direction of this happening. It was going to happen, in the fate of the universe, <laughs> this hap- this must have been what was meant to be, and it ended sure. up being a great evening. As bummer they weren't there. So for me. Sometimes that can go over into politics, where I think is any of this making sense? But yep. and then this, I think about, I go into like politics. I think, man, okay, it is so outside my control. Like gas prices, for instance. I never look at gas prices because it's out of my control. Whenever I show up to get gas, <laughs> I'm going to try to find the cheapest one. But I, you'll never hear me complain about gas prices because it is what it is, and I got to fill up my damn tank. Yeah. And sometimes politics seems that way to me Where I think What's the point in me Going to Google, Google University For myself Because it's not going to change anything So maybe I should just focus on Putting out another podcast Or work, do track and base or something yeah. You know what I mean And I you're in the same situation as me But you translate it to Like I'm going to dive in and, Well I guess uh, there's, two, there's two thoughts I have One is if you're in a place where you're just like, you've been intentionally kind of disconnected from it. Yeah. Um, sometimes I need to do that just for mental health reasons. Yeah. Just like, nope, I hit my ceiling for talking about this topic today. Yeah. And like, it, it's overwhelming me. Yeah. And it's important to recognize that about ourselves. And, but the, it's also easy to get really overwhelmed when you don't have a starting point. Um, you don't really know where to start or not, none of it really piques your interest to start and I say that because like if I sit down to write a song and I just go I'm going to sit down and write a song don't know what I'm going to write about I'm just going to sit down and hopefully write a song nothing's going to happen I'm not going to write a song if I sit down and I go alright let me look at my song ideas folder that I've been throwing a bunch of random titles in or song topics in I can laser focus in and zero in on one song idea or topic then I'll write a song and I oftentimes can write it very quickly but maybe that's part of it too is like alright I'm going to learn about politics and what's happening it's like first of all <laughs> that's, that's, that's how overwhelming point, how overwhelming is that like you don't know where to start you can't trust half the news sources that are out there and then you're, you're it's like what topic am I even going to look into it's all these different things for me a lot of my research happens when I see a headline or a news that's shared then I go interesting that interests me why would it be like this or what would happen if this if this takes place and then I'll go read up and learn a little bit about it and I go oh no I understand more but the initial curiosity is like oh what would happen if the, po- the election were postponed is that even possible could we do this is that a thing why, why what would his motivation be for that and, and like looking into those types of things so then I go and try to find information about it and from sources that I would consider to be more on the unbiased side or just law papers and things like that that you can find about what would happen if X, Y, or Z took yes. place in the United States. You can find that information. I don't, I don't dive in and learn tons, and, but knowledge is power. Yeah. So knowing a little bit is important and, and understanding that. And, and then I think understanding both sides. I read 
I read Fox News quite often. Not because I subscribe to their perspective, but because uh, I'm really curious what they have to say. On the, on the flip hand, I stopped reading CNN because it, it's hilarious. Like, when I read Fox News, I can blatantly see the bias. When I read CNN, I can blatantly see the bias. And so, I, it's just like, I read Fox News to hear, to know what my grandma is thinking. And because she's not a critical thinker. She's just listening to what is being told to her, or translated to her, and then she's like, that must be the truth, that's what's happening. And as a critical thinker, if you're, your own bias can't be confirmed if you're critically thinking about things all the time, because you don't have one. Uh. And, <laughs> and so it's important to read news sources and other things. It's important to not unfriend everybody that has a dissenting opinion uh, about a political issue. And because you might actually learn something if you're thinking critically about it. Or you're going to learn what the other side is thinking and you can figure out what your argument is going to be against that or why you, you go, well, it doesn't make sense because I know X, Y, or Z. Knowledge is power. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Oh, that's really good. But I think the most important piece about knowledge is that you're not going to gain knowledge without curiosity. Um, I think that's the key to it. Yeah. You, I, you have to be curious about it. And if you're not curious about it, then don't learn about it. Learn about something else. Yeah. Because I do think there is a certain level that you, you're a responsibility to educate yourself as a citizen, and, and a citizen yeah. of yeah. info, but oh. then, like, but then actively getting into it—that's kind of where I. There's a next level, which this is really interesting for me because two things that this everything you just been said made me think. One is this is one of the first times that makes me think, like, gives me an idea of a practical tool I'm going to use for doing this politics, for learning a little bit more about politics. Yeah, and that is uh, being more. Um, situational or topical yeah. searching because I have the same thing I'm totally paralyzed by like well I'm going to go read and about where the state of politics right now right. but instead because <laughs> I, I, I do it all the time if there's like an album I want to listen to or there's like a topic for this podcast I have a list of all the thoughts that are happening in my head I'll, so when I sit down to do a daily Guinness episode yeah. I instantly pull up any one of them and I go oh these things relate I'll just head talk for 10 minutes but I don't do that about politics, and I think right after this conversation, I'm gonna make a note on my phone, seriously, and that's just as like politic topics, uh, things yeah. that, that I'm like then and they then maybe schedule like a 30 minutes in my day and say, okay, I'm gonna pick one topic. I'm just gonna read a few articles from different sources. Yeah, and because I don't do that. The, I don't do that. Have you seen that like what like the news bias? Um, charts. It's like a graphic where they, yeah. they place like far right is on the far right far left is on the far left and then everything's on a spectrum yeah, and like the like ones that. that are in the middle are the ones that you most likely can trust yeah and um, you know everybody's got their own version of that chart that's what's funny too is like uh, you know that people will go no yeah, no Huffington Post is way far left, more left than that and it's like you know everybody's got their own opinions yeah. about the charts but this is like they did actual group studies with professionals who looked at these things, read articles, looked at their bias, yeah. and then placed them on this chart. The problem is, do you, li- do you read the CNN chart, or do you look at the Fox chart? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Each one has, each one has exactly. themselves in the dead center. <laughs> but, like, 
lot, you know, there are memes that are shared or graphics like that that are shared, and at the bottom, there's a source. There's all, oh, almost yeah. always a source. Yeah. If there's not a source, I'm not, you, you won't ever see me share, unless like a, just a funny meme. Yeah. Or like a point of view, but like, uh, like charts and things like that, if there's not, if there's not a source on it, that's somebody, anybody could have made that. Yeah. And sometimes people do it and there's a source, but the source isn't real. And they just put the source on there to make it look more legitimate. Yeah. There's so much misinformation out there, it's bananas. Uh, Can you imagine what it would be like if only critical thinkers voted? <laughs> I mean, well, some people, I've always, I mean, this isn't, this is, I agree and disagree with this thought, but I heard once that someone said, I think only people with, I think only citizens with a passport should be allowed to vote. And the thought was, the thought was not, not the whole people with an ID, that whole debate. The thought was like, once you've like traveled or taken in part of more of the world or you've uh, seen, taken a little more. I don't agree with that, but it kind of makes me think maybe that like, maybe only those with the mental passport, like you've opened your mind enough to yeah. like travel the world of it's, thoughts. It's fun to imagine those types of hypotheticals that you know are implausible oh, yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. a million reasons oh, yeah, yeah. why you, it can't happen, but think about that though. Like yeah, what if only right. people who thought critically were voted? Yeah. Like what would happen? Yeah. Would it be the same? Are there the same number of political thinkers on each side of the aisle? Are there more on one than rather than the other? I know every libertarian that I know would think that they're the only one that who's a critical thinker, and that everybody else is just a bunch of sheep and a bunch of idiots. And yeah, you'd say anybody on. So many people would feel that way. But when yeah, I vote, I, I don't only no. vote for what's beneficial for only me. I look and I it's in what's because what matters to me isn't only me. Yeah. What matters to me is what happens to the people around me. Yeah. And if anybody subscribes to, like, the Christian faith, they should never be voting according to what what is appropriate and good for me and my perspective. They should be voting from the perspective of what is best for the least of these. That is what the Christian perspective should be. However, it is not in America because it is American Jesus that they follow, which is a very different Jesus than the one in the Bible, and it's fascinating to watch politicians latch on to that, knowing that, pandering to it, and then yeah. all of a sudden you have the division that we have in the United States here today. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a curious thought. As someone, as someone who, uh, I don't even know how you would even phrase it, as someone that loves Jesus, and like... I feel like I'm a Christ-leaning spiritual person is how I sure, describe yeah. myself. His words are awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm like, I don't... It, it makes it very hard. The poli Especially politics and everything. I'm like, I'm not going to associate myself with Christianity at all. Especially because of poli politics. Sure. And stuff. It's like, oh, because that means... Yeah, I, I'm one X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Uh, dude, side note. Uh, outside of politics, uh, you're... I love your thought about sharing source material, only sharing things that have a source. Yeah. Because that comes from, that to me comes from my love of actually music. And I hit one of my biggest bummers right now uh, in the world of music is that we don't have liner notes really anymore. Mm. And it, the, one of the biggest disadvantages I think for a younger person coming up without experiencing liner notes, like being able to take the, 
the paper out of a CD or see the vinyl and see yeah. everybody that recorded on an album yeah. and see like the producer and everybody that tracked and wrote on each song is you're taking away the ability to go down rabbit holes. And I think that's one of the greatest joys of music for me. I almost got goosebumps just talking about rabbit holes because I love it so much. It's like you listen to an album and then you see who played on it and then you go see what else they played on and then you go see what they were listening to and what else this writer wrote on. I mean, we were talking about that last... That happened all last night when we were listening to the Raising Sand, Robert oh, yeah, Plant, yeah. Alice and Cross record yeah, yeah. and Aaron Fabrini, Jasper Nephew, uh, Nate Babs. They were all sitting there talking about... All, what drummer was on that? What who? Wait, who was playing guitar for this? And, then, yes. and they're like, oh yeah. And they also played on this other record. And they're they're like, know all that information. And I'm just that's not. I've never been that dude. That's just kind of yeah. done that much yeah. research on musicians like that. But uh, but I love that and I respect Screw it so much. Side, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are that way with songwriting because that's your. Yeah. Like, you, they're like, oh, they they wrote with them. Like yeah. I don't know who wrote with them. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. Yeah, I, yeah, do, yeah. I do have my own rabbit holes that I go down. Yeah. And that it may, that actually makes me think about, like, my wife has been doing such an amazing job of approaching parenting. I, like, uh, anything positive that comes out of my parenting is just me doing what my wife is doing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's about 90% of my general life with, with Sarah. I'm like... If I'm becoming a better person, it's just because I'm kind of copying Sarah. Yeah. People are like, people have said to me like, oh, you're such a good dad. And I'm like, well, Megan is such a good mom, and yeah. I just am a dad the way she's a mom. Yeah. Or I, I try to. I strive for that. Yeah, you know? it's I'll never achieve it, and I'll only be a sliver of it. But that approach, it's like, yeah, well, then I'm doing something right if I'm doing something the way she would. Yeah. And so, but... I don't know where, why we got onto that. Oh, oh. raising my children oh. to be people that want to nerd out and go down rabbit holes. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I want, I, how do I raise my kids to that? Be like, yeah, find out. You curious about that? Let's find out. Like, yeah? Like, Daddy, why Why does the moon, why is it only half of a moon? Like, I know the quick answer to that, but let's, let's nerd out about it and find out together right now why. And yeah. what makes the moon bright? Is it bright on its own is it like a fireball like the sun or is it maybe reflecting the sun what what let's find out it's like teaching kids how to be i'm just gonna say curious a million times how to be curious but, but how to figure out the answer and enjoy the process of learning so important and that's how you make critical thinkers yes dude um uh grant uh adam grant uh author a bunch of brilliant he's an educated he's a brilliant guy he just tweeted something that I shared the other day where he said that knowledge or passing along information oftentimes knowledge is actually a band-aid for a deeper problem and the deeper problem is uh, a, someone's lack of wanting to learn and so a lot of times are passing on like wanting to force information on them mm. and uh like give some give people the truth and you know like specifically right now I'm thinking about politics like sharing political things like that's great we want to educate people about what's really going on but that sometimes can be a band-aid for their really deeper problem which is the desire to learn more and go down the rabbit holes themselves like you're saying so I think that's super cool like you're implanting that uh, in it and with your kids 
it's important. I mean, there's, I'm looking for this quote, um, but Frederick Nietzsche has a quote, everybody's favorite <laughs> 19th century existentialist. Um, but he has a quote, and I can't find it right now, but it's a, a quote about education of like passing along civilization um, from one generation to the next ought to be the most important thing that we do or like the yeah. highest or the highest honor yeah anything everything else in life is should be second to the passing on education to the next generation interesting and like that that's his approach it's like yeah. it's like that that is the key yeah yeah is, is doing that and as parents we we don't do that well enough as a society yeah um and partly because I think we just we're such a instant society. People don't enjoy the processes of things the way that they used to. Yeah. And everything is instant. I mean, you can scroll through. Why? Why do? Why did like things like TikTok and and um, what was the other video one where you was like five seconds oh, Vine? Oh, Vine. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you want it to be quick and instant and then done. Yeah. You want the knowledge so fast. We're just like burning it's easier, through. It's so consuming. easy to share a meme yeah. or things like that and pretend like you have knowledge. But that's not knowledge. That's not education. That's just regurgitation of somebody else's idea. Oh, yes. I could not agree with that more. And we just lack that. Yeah. And I think as a society, we're not desiring education or... Uh, <coughs> curious uh, about things. <laughs> I know. I'm almost, with this with this whole project, I'm almost uh, uh, I'm almost a meme, making a meme of myself. I'm but a, we, we yeah. the curiosity piece. The reason I keep saying it is it keeps coming back to that. And it's just like when we were talking about Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. He goes on for like I don't know a third of the book talking about quality. And yeah, just yeah. everything in the whole book comes back to quality. And yeah. And for, you know, in life, it's, this is similar to me. It's like everything keeps coming back to, yep, but you're not going to get there if you're not curious about it. Yeah. So you're really on to something with curiosity being, like, the foundation of it all. It has to be, right? Like, I don't know if this is a tangent or if it, this ties into what you're saying, but, like, last night, Jasper and I were talking, and he was saying how he's really... Uh, I don't know struggling is the right word but he's really struggling with trying to pare down the amount of time he spends recording guitar on people's tracks because people will send him a track and because he's so curious about diving into like what are the options and the sonic oh, things like people say well I just want a really quick acoustic guitar pass on this tune he'll end up four hours later sending them four different tracks that they can mix in and it's the coolest guitar shit you've ever heard in your life but because he's so obsessed to like dive down the rabbit hole of his ideas of what yeah. it could he could create on it, and it's not great for his time and his life, right? Because I mean, of course, it'd be great to just pound it out and do it in a half an hour. But it's only because I told him it's like maybe you got to find the middle ground because that's what makes you you, and that's why you are consistently having people say I need Jasper on this because you have this high level of things. And I think that political thing or well the things you're talking about too is you become if you want to become like someone whose opinion people give a shit about yeah or just a human being who has a well-rounded 
sense of the world around you. That's that like I don't know. It just adds value. That's really right? interesting to me because I'm curious if he. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even mean to do it that time. I didn't even mean to do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if he. If that's a new a newer thing for him now because he's been doing most of it remotely. Because when you go into the studio, you don't have the time to spend four hours on one sure, guitar yeah. track. You just yeah. do the one guitar pass yeah. and the acoustic, and that's it. But then learning, learning now that um, you have unlimited time, kind have, of, like, in, uh, kind of, it's just like, yeah, I, uh, nobody's sitting here judging my pass. Yeah, nobody's like. Nobody's saying, oh, we really need to move on and get, you know, get vocals started. Yeah. You know, there's not a project manager that's waiting. You're like, you have all the time in the world. You're not using anybody else's time, yeah. And so, at that point, really all he's doing is cutting off time on tracks that he does down the road. Yeah, true. He's still saving time somewhere. Yeah. Because... If he really turned like nerds out about it, those things, then the next time a track like that comes along, he's gonna know what to do sooner. He's gonna, he's gonna go, oh, this cool. I've done this before. This approach is cool. I wonder if I, if I, you know, layer it this way or that way or yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, it's it's just nerding out and diving in. It's, it's just another rabbit hole. Oh, totally. I want to put you in the hot seat. Oh. <laughs> and. You can you can say you can say uh, I plead the fifth and I, if you want to if you're uncomfortable with it. I'm already uncomfortable. I know I know I'm making uncomfortable. Here's the deal. So here's why I'm torn. I want I want your opinion of a blind a blind spot for me. This has to do with me. Okay. So I'm torn between the thought when it comes to politics and I, and I genuinely mean this and I'm wide open to any criticism. Like I'm torn between the thought of on one hand you have your son little Oak who is, you just, you're waiting for, hey, you're not gonna shame him for not being curious about something in life. You're looking and waiting for times for him to show any sort of interest, and then you amplify that. Which is all day. Which is all day, about certain things. He's curious about things all day long. Totally. So I think we're in, it's inherent in our systems. It's inherent in who we are. I think we actually learn to not be curious about things. Fuck, yes, I 100% agree with that. <laughs> yes, and I, I think that's why my whole thing is like, not be, it's like stay curious, because you are. It's ingrained in yeah. all of us, but there's something in us that's taught us not to ask questions, yep. or it's shamed fear. us. It's fear, yeah. it's fear of looking dumb. Right? I think totally a lot, fear. A lot of it. Or but. like ingrained in you that if you read Fox News or CNN or something else, that you're this person, or that you shouldn't read these things. You're like, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I think it is ingrained in us to be curious. But you, as a good dad, you look for those things and you fuel them. You go, oh, you're that, you're about that. All right, let's dive into it. Yeah. And I think it's our job as human beings to be our own fathers in that respect of our own curiosity, and to keep an eye out for the things that do trigger our own curiosity. That's cool. And this is just coming to me right now, and I like and to like spark our own fuel. Like, oh, okay, maybe I am. Maybe I'll, I'll dive into that. So on one hand, there's that, and there's no shame involved in that. If you're not, if you're not curious about music, don't. Who gives a crap? You yeah. shouldn't. But you should fuel your own things that totally. you're about. I'm not curious about golf. Hell no. I'm not gonna go read a bunch of stuff about golf. Nope. I don't care. Nope. And, and that's okay. And you shouldn't. And yeah. I'm curious about other things that are more important to me. And it could change. You totally. Dan Rodriguez totally changed. What five six years ago when all of a sudden out of nowhere. 
you got this tiny spark of curiosity about hunting. Oh yeah, yeah, like seven, eight years ago. Yep. And it came out of nowhere, from wherever it did, and you yeah. you kind of fueled that, you're, you fathered your own curiosity, and it, now you it's like this part of your life, and it's really cool. I haven't had that yet, really necessarily. Yeah. I'm gonna go with you, but and it's but totally cool, and you know, you're starting yeah. to get into camping. Yeah, right I mean, now. kind of getting into camping, it's cool, it, yeah. yeah. So my thing is, so you have that side, no shame. But then also on the other side is there are things maybe sometimes we should, even if I'm, I should educate myself on. I am a very apolitical person. I seem some. I just don't give a shit about politics sometimes. Yeah. You, I'm around you and Andre who are very educated. I'm where we have more political conversations between the three of us than I do with anybody else in my life. Do you think, as a friend, are there any red flags that come up to you or any blind spots where you think, you know, you should actually be giving more of a crap. You should maybe spend more time educating yourself on things. Not, does that make sense? I mean, yeah, it does. As a friend, does ever, do you ever feel like, dude, you, dude, educate your damn self a little more? I've never thought that about you. Okay. But I also, I don't know, that's kind of, should we all be educating ourselves more when we're voting? Totally. How many times have you gotten to the ballot and you looked and you don't even know half the names on there? And then the Every other time? ones. Exactly. <laughs> like there's. I mean, I think it's more important to vote for the local things that are happening because that's what you, we your your vote actually counts way more. Yeah. In in that than it does for the. I mean, still vote for the yeah. president of the United States, but. Um, like voting and focusing the local is a great way to start and be like yeah this I really like as an individual because a lot of times especially if it's really local yeah. especially if you're not in like a metropolis if you're out like anywhere outside of the like a main city your chances of running into those politicians or talking with them or getting a, getting a moment with them is way higher and um, you know if I we live in Minneapolis the idea of me running into Jacob Fry in a bar and then sharing some ideas or thoughts with him and so, or saying like, hey, what are you gonna do about this? Wow. The, that to me is so far-fetched. Wow. But if I lived in Delano, yeah. I bet I'd run into the mayor all the time. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I did, I mean, last week I ran, in, I ran into Jacob Fry. Uh, did you? At Certix. <laughs> I was like, hey, how's it going? But I'm not gonna like dive into a conversation with him because he lives, he lives in Northeast right over there. Yeah. And so, but it's like, so I did run into Literally, though, that's his job, though. It's not his job to be harassed at Certix. However, that's your moment, and he signed up for that. He signed oh, really? up to be harassed. Totally. If you're a politician, you signed up for that. If you're that high, you, you, you know you can't go to the... And if you're at a restaurant, somebody comes and wants to, like, sit in the booth with you and try to talk, that's... You're interrupting and whatever. But if you run into somebody and go, Hey, by the way, thanks for doing this, or... Hey, by the way, I don't really like this. I'd love to see more of this. I live here in the city. I'm one of these people that you're doing the job. My taxes are paying your thing. Like, you're, we're supposed to do those things. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the best way. You're planting a seed. You're being another voice for that individual from your perspective. Yeah. And that's so important. That's yeah. patriotic to yeah. me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's patriotic to look and see you go, oh, that's the mayor. Hey. I'm going to tell him he's doing a great job. Or, hey, I'm going to tell him I disagree with this one thing and that 
a bunch of my, me and my friends who live in Minneapolis were actually pretty upset about this. And this needs to change, so what are we gonna do about this? Pressure him. Yeah. They signed up for it. He's not gonna have that job forever. It's not gonna be the rest of his life. It's not like Justin Timberlake who can't walk into a mall, you know? Yeah. Like, he can't walk into a, a store or a restaurant somewhere without everybody in the whole place knowing exactly who he is and what he's doing and wanting to take a picture and things like that. <laughs> yeah, totally, like, yeah. That's totally different. It's different. Yeah, it's I don't different. know why I've put those in my head. It's, it's similar, but you're totally right. It's different. If yeah. I saw J- Mayor Fry, I'd have three or four different things to say to him. <laughs> yeah. Instantly. Uh, that's good. Dude, I like this. Okay, I respect this because um, I think my thing is I don't... I can't promise I'm going to be more interested in politics at all, but the thing I think I'm going to do starting like right now is maybe make a little list on my phone yeah. and say, okay, this topic, and then try to set aside some time this next week just to look at the list and be like, all right, I'm going to spend a half an hour diving into one of those topics that I thought was interesting right. and I want to learn more about. And then the entire time, looking at everything through the lens of... Whatever news source you're reading most likely has a bias one way or the other. You kind of have to see through it. You have to see, read the language, see through it. Know what are facts and what are not. Yeah. And what is opinion. Yeah. And I, I shared an opinion article recently on my personal Facebook page. And I, I was, like, deliberating whether I should share it at all. I agreed with the article yeah. and what the person's perspective was, and that's why I shared it, because I was like, yes. They, they put into words what I had already been thinking. Yeah. And that's why I felt okay sharing it. But op-ed articles are the worst. It's, there's, it's the most... It's the But it's also the most transparent way to see what bias your news source has. You know, I... There's a, there's a guy on... I was I was just listening to a write-up. It was a review of a like a massive YouTube personality who is I can't remember his name for the life of me right now. But he's he talks about news sort, and he's like a news guy, and he's not really any. He's not like a comedian. He's a younger dude. But one of the biggest things that they they were highlighting about how he how he presents information is that he is constantly separating fact from opinion. And at all times, you should always feel comfortable. Uh, have you ever heard of Charisma on Command? Charisma on Command? Yeah. No. Charisma on Command is a YouTube uh, channel that breaks down different uh, people, like mainly celebrities, and pulls out principles, like life principles from them. And they were, I think they were doing a breakdown of this guy, and they said the big thing that's interesting and in how we should model ourselves after him is how he... He at all times feels comfortable sharing facts and his opinion, but at all times he's separating them and he's clear about now. Like he'll give a fact, like a news story, and say, "This is what these people are saying. This is what this news source is saying." He said, and then at the end of it, he'll say, "Now, just for transparency, where I'm coming from is I really agree with this. I think they should be doing this. That's just me. You don't have to agree with it. That's not part of the facts and what people are reporting." but just so you know where I come from and where I stand on it. Interesting. And so I've kind of been keeping an eye out lately for people that are sharing facts and opinions, but making sure it's never confusing which one they're sharing. You know what I mean? I wonder if... 
I wonder if being a musician makes you better at that automatically. Because when we're in the studio, when you come up with an idea, you play a, you play a line, you play a bass line, it's not wrong, it's not right. It's your opinion, it's your idea that you came in with, and it's your lens, your perspective, and it's not right or wrong. And until you are playing a four chord when it's clearly a one chord and the rest of the band is playing that, yeah, yeah. then it feels like a wrong note. It feels out of place. Yeah, and that's just an example. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, sometimes you need to do that. Okay, like last this week we were recording, yeah. and I played a couple wrong notes in a pass through the take. I kept them. Uh, yeah, and, but then, I, then I was like, oh, here. Then another one I wanted to invert. Like I played the third above the yeah. root, yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, that that one. I'm I, doing this intentionally. I, I kept that yeah, spot. Okay, and I, I'm doing it intentionally. You went there, and then you walked down, and then you went back to one. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was like it's not a mistake. It was actually a really cool yeah, moment, yeah. Yeah. and I, it made it changed something that happened later with the guitars yeah. as well. So, but yeah, you're totally. That's right, not what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about like when like the whole band ends on a really tight one chord, bomb, and then the bass player <laughs> still is playing a four, <laughs> or if the keys is just like playing the six, like oh, somebody something was wrong. Like there's right and wrong, but everything that there's a spectrum within that yeah, yeah. that is just that's just different, and so I think we. We can be forgiving of that, of in like being able to separate what's fact, what's opinion or style yeah. or perspective, you know. Yeah, like and I think we're already kind of seasoned to to separate those things. Yeah, dude, bass player made me being a bassist, or and specifically being a badass rock and roll bassist. <laughs> it was really, and I'll say that, and I'll explain in a second, it actually is the re, has allowed me in my life to feel more comfortable over the past few years having a damn opinion and sharing it on like the podcast, right? Okay. Whereas back in the day, I'd be almost too timid to share my opinion. Uh, but if you wanna be an amazing, like a badass rock bassist, one of the coolest moments as like a bass player or like even as a guitar player is like this big like having this massive moment where maybe like there's a big break and you hit like a huge hit or you play this huge fill or like doing something that like you step out for a second yeah. and you're like I got something to fucking say right now here's what it is <laughs> and it's like uh, as one a movie director once said it's just like this uh, uh, confident com, art confident art is like putting a log next to another piece of log that's on fire it's inspiring it turns you on you're like a, just a confident statement in your music like, this is what I'm gonna do and I think it's badass the problem with living like that is if you're gonna do that you're gonna step out and play the wrong note or say the wrong thing sometimes you know, sometimes it's just playing playing the ratios of time and the amount of notes you're playing <laughs> at some point I have to I had to get over the fact or the fear of on stage in front of a ton of people doing something I think is epic and accidentally being a half step down this is the most Wisconsin thing I've oh. seen in a while we're just driving by a truck with, oh my gosh. With, with an elk head hanging out the back that looks like a murder show <laughs> the, the entire elk is completely saran wrapped and only the antlers are yeah. sticking out it's uh, like if Dexter, Dexter were a hunter Dexter I was just going to say <laughs> uh, we are yeah but anyway, so I got I had in order for me. It was actually I realized I got to go over the fear of like I'm gonna make a mistake here and there, 
and that's actually translated into my like this like like life talking about these kind of things and getting over the fact like I have to get over the fact that I'm gonna say something that in two days I'm gonna disagree with or I'm gonna say something that's wrong and I'm gonna make a mistake and I gotta I have to uh, I'd rather be a hypocrite than stay the same person the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's also going against what I was saying and going for what you were saying is the Miles Davis quote where he's like, there's no, he says something along the lines of, there are no wrong notes as long as you play those, play that note like a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, if you play it like a motherfucker, they will think you're doing that on purpose. Yeah. You may play something completely out of the scale, completely really wrong yeah. in on paper. And so that goes against what I was just saying a little bit ago. But, but there are there are like in a, there's not wrong notes, but there are inappropriate notes. <laughs> that was an inappropriate yeah, was choice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but, that should be the thing. But that's too too uh, often people have a political opinion based on just digging their heels in based on their own echo chambers and they're sometimes are wrong. But they're playing that note like a motherfucker, and they just sound stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. dude, that was like a, a Nick Jonas moment. <laughs> I'll make you going. There yeah. is that is the Ian. So the Ian Allison, the, uh, Ian, my mentor at Pace, uh, was, he would tell me, he's like, if you make a wrong note, if, uh, he's like, if it's appropriate and you're doing something, repeat it, make it look intentional. Like if you accidentally walk up to something. And if it's appropriate and it's not going to be distracting continually, repeat it and it looks like you were intentional the first time. Yeah, I was trying something. I was just trying something. It's cool. And I do that all the time. And you know. You're like, oh, yeah. You're, like, you're repeating that, but I know you're repeating a mistake. You called me out. <laughs> and you, you played that wrong note twice to make it sound like you did it on purpose the first time. <laughs> and where, the, where that ties into, I think, in politics is that, or the things we've talked about in life, is I think that we're sometimes so afraid to like give ourselves the freedom to say yeah I disagree with yeah I said that yesterday I totally disagree with myself uh, oh man it's so important because that that's like that's what's the bias called it's called uh, the backfire effect have we talked about that uh-uh. the backfire effect is when you are it's a cognitive bias where you're talking to someone and you're trying to convince them of something, yeah. but the way, the forcefulness of you're trying to convince them fo- forces, forces them to hold on tighter to their be- original beliefs. Interesting. And so you have this, the backfire effect is that it backfires on you and now they just are holding on tighter to their original thoughts. I mean, that's every yeah, Facebook, yeah, yeah, that's, that's every Facebook that's political every, you're argument. Totally right. uh, yeah. Yeah. From, <laughs> you're totally right, yeah. You know, every, Armchair epidemiologist, yeah. and you know, <laughs> like, that is funny. That is. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's like you're an idiot because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But you're also an idiot for sharing it that way. Yeah. I'm guilty of doing that though. And to me, that the way it works with my personality and my lack of like confrontation and yeah. enjoyment of that, where I just go, well. Okay, for me, that means I'm just, I'm not going to say anything political on Facebook, or I'm just going to take myself out of the conversation yeah. in that way. But because, Some people would look at that as wisdom. <laughs> well, I think in some ways it is, but in some ways I have to remind myself that, uh, specifically, I'm thinking about like conversations like this with the podcast that I'm going to put out there, and yeah. to say, I want to be, as a person, be more like I am as my badass 
rock bassist that I am musically sure. on stage. You know, yeah. where I'm like, yeah, I may have something. I may make mistakes. I may say something out there, but it, it's important to have an have a damn opinion. As uh, as a creative mentor, James Victoria of mine says, if you are an artist, you're, you're, the most important thing is to cultivate an opinion. Because if you don't have an opinion on just uh, at least a musical opinion or a musical voice or something, sure, there's no point in you making art. You are just you're just masturbating because it's fun, which is totally cool. And masturbating is totally fun. And masturbation and art is totally fun too. And you should paint. But if you're going to be an artist, you should cultivate an opinion. Interesting is what he says. I don't know if I agree with that all the time, but uh, and I think it's led to me being more apprehensive about even my own diving into learning more about different subjects. Yeah, that and that sense. doesn't necessarily mean a political opinion. No, it, it doesn't. It just yeah, has yeah. An opinion, have an opinion about something. Yeah. That makes sense to me. But maybe that's the thing, too. Maybe what you're saying, I don't... For me, it's like maybe... Maybe my old version of what I thought it meant to be patriotic, which was America, and my own view of patriotism was actually nationalism, which means in order to... Well, they've kind of... The nationalists have kind of hijacked patriotism. That's possibly like, my thing. If you yes. don't, if you don't subscribe to this and this and this type of perspective or political view, then you're just not patriotic. But you know yes. what? How many soldiers I've I've seen inter- or interacted with on Facebook where somebody is posting about people protesting and they disagree with the reason they're protesting. Abolish the police. Yeah. And then somebody on Facebook goes. Uh, what a bunch of idiots! Blah blah blah. I can't believe I went and fought for the, the this, these people. Like that, I don't see that very often. I don't see soldiers coming back and going, "I can't believe I fought for your stupid ass." It's like no, they go. I've heard so the, the, those troop the, the troop. A lot of those troops are true patriots because they come back and they go, "Yeah, I fought for your right to think that. I fought for your right to voice that opinion, and I don't agree with you." But I, I, I agree with your ability to go protest that because that's what I fought for. And that, to me, that's so important. Like, oh, being, able, being able to have that is just like, I, I don't agree with you, but I believe in this country, and I believe, and I'm, and I'm, a, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm patriotic about it. And because of that, I, part of that is following the Constitution, which allows you to go have an opinion and voice it in the streets and, oh. and do that and that's the, that's why that's why I was saying like protesting is one of the most patriotic things you can do and supporting somebody's right to protest even if you disagree that's even more patriotic <laughs> it's the first amendment dude you know everything you just said there makes is makes me think that ties it into the the whole damn reason this whole conversation started is because maybe the opposite of patriotism is apathy and maybe Uh, the ultimate maybe the ultimate fault maybe the ultimate problem I could I could fall into in life is to not have an opinion about it and to take myself out of the conversation maybe uh, that's the ultimate not I love the opposite of patriotism is apathy. I know, I know, and maybe that's my thing, and that is where I need. That's honestly, if I'm gonna be honest with myself and with you, uh, I think maybe the most dangerous thing for me is making sure 
I am differentiating within myself. Am I just not curious about that? Because it's fine if I'm not. And I'm not, if, I, if I'm not, I won't waste time diving into stuff. Or am I just being apathetic and lazy and not being willing to voice my own opinion Interesting. and stand for something? Well, the, the true lip, 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 mist, lip, mist, I know for a fact I have said that word wrong for about 35 I'm, years. I'm, I'm not making a joke. I'm literally asking. Lip, mist, lip, mist. Litmus? Lipmus, I think. <laughs> Lipmus. A true test of that, <laughs> of that is, <laughs> is going to be... Lipton. Uh, uh, Lipton iced tea test. The Liptonness. <laughs> true, t- true test is applying it through moments in history that we would consider patriotic moments. If in Boston a bunch of people were had said, eh, Whatever, just pay the king. Would we even have a country? With the apathy of just like, ugh, it's so dumb that he would do that again to us and try to do, ugh, okay, well, I guess we gotta pay the king. Yeah. It's like, or, or. I'm too focused on base world. I'm, just, I'm doing my <laughs> podcast. I'm focusing on yeah. what's within my circle of yeah. influence right now. So I'm just gonna focus on the podcast. Or is it, yeah, no, this is wrong. And I'm standing up for this because I have an opinion. I'm not going to pay these taxes because I'm not being represented. I'm not doing it. No taxation without representation. And that's yeah. where all that starts. Yeah. Those are pay- that's a very patriotic moment throwing all that, all the tea into the harbor. And then when I actually went to Boston, we went through like the museums. Oh yeah. We sat through it. I learned so much about about what actually transpired, and it's very different. Yeah. It wasn't this destructive thing. It was. Uh, it was painted to be this like big destructive a bunch of radicals throwing stuff from the into the into the sea and damaging and destructing being destructive of property did you know that they when they went through there was only a handful of folks in uh, where they went on this ship they re- every lock that they broke and they dumped the tea into the harbor they replaced the lock with a brand new lock because they didn't want to be um destroying the property no I didn't know of, that. of like the transporters what? they they just wanted to throw the tea into the harbor so they replaced the locks I so did that, not they, know that so that word wouldn't get back that they were just destroying it like burn the ship down and just like being that's you know in, being that's completely reckless and, and I had no idea riotous but instead really? they, they went through and they replaced the locks with new locks after they broke them to say like this isn't about destroying the property. This is about making a statement, That's a political really statement. It's very different. Okay, but, like, but think about like people of faith. Yeah. There. You can be like you said. You're a, like a, a Christ-leaning spiritualist, right? Yeah. I took that from uh, Pete Holmes. That's oh, how he describes himself, cool. and I really like that. I like that a lot too. A Christ-leaning and, spiritual person. Uh, I like that. Um, but. You're somebody that really subscribes to that faith. What does that actually look like if you are living that out? That looks like spending your time with the marginalized. That looks like making your priority the orphan and the widow and the poor. And like that looks like like a Mother Teresa or somebody like that who is who's really taking those words and living them out. And um, 
we would say, yep, that's the most Christ-like approach to life is to look, look out for those people. It's not the person that has the Jesus bumper sticker, the Jesus fish on their car, who is then when you pass them or where they cut you off and then you honk your horn, then they flip you off, they flip the bird at you. Those, those are the people that tend to be the least Christ-like, are the ones that yeah. are the most outspoken about their faith in a combative way. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same with the, the folks who are the most outspoken oftentimes about the flag and, and, and the symbols of, uh, of patriotism everything's so symbolic I feel like a lot of those folks like what was, did you know that maybe the flag doesn't represent the same thing it does to you to all Americans and you're talking about other American citizens that means you're a part of that not being representative of everybody and it's like that and that it, I mean though, and it's not it's not it's not ironic to me that those two things or the irony isn't lost on me I should say uh, and it's no surprise that those two things usually coincide. Yeah. The most outspoken about their faith, pushing their faith on other people, are often the same people pushing their ideas of what patriotism looks like on uh, other people. Dude. <laughs> but and you're, you're connecting thing, so much stuff. Things tend to go hand in yeah. hand, but then what, it goes back to critical thinking. Yeah. Because a lot of what I hear those Christians say, and a lot of what I hear those those types of American citizens the, the types of things I hear them say are often the re- same regurgitated thoughts that we've heard for years and yes. years and years by their icons that they follow by their media that they follow yes and it happens on both sides of the, the, the aisle there for sure but it's the lack of critical thinking can lead to some of the loudest opinions yeah and that's hilarious to me it's like you are regurgitating somebody else's opinion. And it sounded good, so you subscribe so you, yeah. you subscribe to it and you slapped your name on it, and now you're saying that. But you didn't think of that yourself. Yeah. And it didn't get to there to that place because you've learned from the society around yeah. you, and you had your eyes open, and you're having lots of conversations. One of my favorite things to ask people during the, um, like after George Floyd was murdered, and there's been so much more talk about race in our country. And one of the, a lot of people having opinions about um, the non-peaceful aspects of the protesting that where there were riots connected to it and things like that. There's so many opinions about that. And um, I had a thought and I'm losing it as I'm talking. (laughs) Welcome uh, to my life. Oh, one of my favorite things to say to folks that were very outspoken against those, against, uh, like, the, any rioting or looting, it's like, uh, my perspective, I'm like, should we riot? Should we loot? No. No. Should we peacefully protest? Yes. Did they listen when peaceful protests were happening? No. They said, don't kneel, you're disrespecting the flag, and you're not being patriotic. It's like, you're not listening to the point. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not listening to the point of that. And... So for me, I'm like, they tried the peaceful protest for years. <laughs> and then it, it erupts to this, a bubble bursts. And then they, they point the finger, oh, you're not doing it right. Yeah. And it's like, ah. So my favorite, pe- my favorite thing to say to those people is like, when was the last time a black person sat at your dinner, dinner table and you guys shared a meal together and talked about life? 
because chances are, if you're this outspoken against these this marginalized group, you don't know any of them. That's heavy. Like anybody that was posting that, like Candace Owens, like I think that's her name, the very outspoken far far right uh, perspective. A lot of far right people posted her stuff because she's black, and they're like, "Well, look, it's a black person that thinks this way." It's like, first of all, she doesn't speak on behalf of all black people. Um, what? <laughs> and they don't guess, have a guess hive what? mind? Guess what? They don't, they don't all know each other either. Did you what? know that? <laughs> but, uh, so it's like, you, you take like their one token black person that th- thinks a conservative perspective, and they're like, well, yeah, this is a black person that thinks this way. It's like, what was the last time you sat down with a black person and had a conversation with them? Who in your life is that voice for you? And I, I said this on Facebook a couple, to a couple of different people. I just said, I don't actually want you to, I don't want to, I don't want to know. I, I feel like I already know the answer, but I don't want to know. I want you to ask that to yourself. Ask yourself that. When yeah. was the last time you sat down with somebody from this perspective? And I would say that's that heavy. you could look at it from the other side of the aisle. Yeah. Somebody that's like, that, you know, thinks this like super uber, um, out, very outspoken, um, na- almost nationalist perspective on patriotism. You could. When was the last time you sat down and actually talked to some of those people? A lot of times they just have really libertarian views, and a lot of times we all want the same things. We just think of different ways to get yeah. there. And yeah, I don't know. People are demonizing moderate moderation, uh, moderates yeah. being a centrist, and I think as a part of the establishment, uh, I understand that and I I agree that uh, centrists um, I feel like being a centrist has its aspects that are negative but I think having being able to see things through the lens of moderation even if you your your personal ideas are more leaning far right or far left being able to come together and compromise in the middle is the is the most important part. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're just doing the dig, like you said, digging in your heels more, trying totally. to convince the other side that they're wrong, yeah. and then they dig in their heels more, and it's just a lot of the same nonsense. And that's how we're gotten here. That's we've gotten here. That's how we're so far separated right now. Um, man, I th- I think it's funny that the people that are the most. Uh, the most forward about wanting to share their politics or religion with you are the least curious about you sharing yours with them. <laughs> Find it interesting. Yeah. That, and yes. I also think I also think that a major amount of time with people don't want to hear your opinion. They want to hear their opinion coming out of your mouth. And so a, a lot of times wow. we're looking for people that agree with us. Oh, that, okay, fine. You, we're like constantly like have a radar scanner. Like, okay, I found a black person that agrees with me. Or I found this yeah. other person, whatever. Because it, it, it works wow. both ways. I want my opinion to come out of your mouth. Yeah. That's, and so yeah. I think you were like constantly looking for that. And then we hold on to it with whatever we believe. And I say politics and religion because what you were saying and a lot... Man, you triggered this on me that I think a big thing, important thing for me is I need to, I really want to differentiate in my life the difference between faith and religion and the difference between, uh, what was, uh, 
maybe not patriotism, or maybe I'll say nationalism and politics or patriotism. Well, because I think yeah. religion is nationalism. It's like we I figured out everybody's wrong, and it's only it's it's only power is by taking down taking away the power of other people. Yeah, and, but and I think it's faith, arrogant, uh, a lot of yeah. arrogance that goes along with but that. I think faith in real politics or maybe patriotism it is can stand on its own without having to demean other people and that by that I mean this give me give me your thoughts on this too uh, I think that the reason I left playing uh, one of the main reasons out of the many that I no longer play in churches it's because of all the wrong notes you play it's all the wrong notes and I'm like listen guys God forgives you and this should be the place of forgiveness and they said hell no you're out <laughs> and I kept repeating them. I was like it's jazz and like no no. This is not... But I played it like a motherfucker. <laughs> you played like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> one of the main reasons why I quit, uh, no longer play at churches and don't go to church is because when I look at church, that modern church and a lot of modern Christians, but people, they, people consider themselves Christians or followers of Christ... And I go back and I look at the origins of that, and I look at which is Christ Himself. Sure. I lose. I lose the thread. It no longer looks like I, I go. I get yeah. confused. I go. Oh, this doesn't look like that. This is what's mine. This is what's crazy, dude. With this conversation, and I'm just realizing for the first time, the reason I have a problem with nationalism, and or maybe I should say patriotism, right now, at the very beginning of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, that type of patriotism. Patriotism like that is because I look at patriotism now or the people that have like I look at people with the flag bumper stickers and waving flags right now and then I look at back at my time at, when I've gone to Boston and I've gone to New York and I've gone to DC and I've seen the origins of our country I've seen the origins of I've stood under the Statue of Liberty I've, in DC I read the, uh, the Declaration of Independence and the Magna Carta was there I don't see the thread. I go, the people waving flags right now, I don't see, I, there's very often I don't see what it is I love about the origins of America in that, the freedom and, uh, or liberty to, the, the liberty to worship the way you want. And well, that's now, interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean No, to that's you it. Up. And I just, I'm just kind of mind blown right now that the, the flag bumper sticker and the fish bumper sticker I'm really connecting the dots in my mind and my yeah. apprehensive about it. Anyways, okay, cool. and that, that brings me to this. Yeah. There's a quote that I love, which is, anytime you mix, I don't, remember, I don't know who said it, but anytime you mix politics and Jesus, you get politics. <laughs> That's what you get. That. And, but then on the other side of that, now we're going with what you're saying, anytime you mix patriotism and politics, you get politics. It's the same thing. So patriotism can be true patriotism, just like faith can be true faith. But once you mix them with politics, you get politics. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah. What okay, what, what, going on from that thought, like if you had, if someone's like, Give me the reason why, and if you had to, like, even if you have to pull out of your butt, what's the why? Do you think that is? Politics. I, I, 
I would guess that politics were never intended to be so divisive and problematic. The problem is, just like every... Okay, political entities are usually related to an ism, right? Capitalism, socialism, communism. We're talking about governments and the isms. And honestly, if you look at all of them at their core, they're beautiful. Communism is this... I, I, I understand it. And at its core, it's kind of cool. Socialism's the same way. Capitalism, at its core, it's great. What happens? You, you add the human factor. You add... Once you add the human factor, you have the greed for power and greed for money, and that is the root of all evil. That is the root of everything, is, is, is greed. And it's inherently in all of us the same way curiosity is inherently in all of us. And when you get those people who are continuously in power, that are continuously too, uh, able to compound all the power and the money and that they have, they're going to do whatever they can to stay there even if that's at the sacrifice of the ism. And so once you, and that's politics, and they use politics as their tool to continue to be evil in every government. It's just everywhere. It's rampant. Some have done more things for uh, checks and balances than others, but I would say that that's the factor. It's like the human factor. Once you add the human factor to and to true patriotism you're it's messed up it's a little bit skewed that is so good is it uh here's <laughs> i pull it, it out it, of my it, ass oh man because <laughs> on top of that i think as you're saying this i'm thinking well okay why is it well at the core then what is the what's the story of christ like what is the story of Christ, Jesus and his relationship with people and in the way that I connect and love that. And I think Christ, the story of Christ is the story of emancipation and even in a modern way, as I've heard before, emancipating us at, even at the most basic level from our crutches in life and freeing you from your own devices and freeing me from like, freeing me almost from myself yeah. and the things and my own like, uh, the ways that my my ego and the other th- other things that I've turned into crutches in my life, emancipating me from those things, and Christ was always freeing people from things. Yeah. And I think the politics, the pictures, everything you're saying that right now that that the negative side of it is anytime it's used to control people, which Christ it's the complete opposite. Like when you're using that to control people to the way you want them to live and the way you want them to do things. You're putting, you're almost putting crutches on people, and you're putting things on people to oh, kind of totally, yeah. control people. So it's the complete opposite. And I think, um, yeah, control. All that's why it was. I don't know. The story of Christ was is so far more subversive yeah. than people think, and so far more political than people think. I mean, you like take this, you know, the story of like the uh, Christ saying, "If someone slaps you, turn the other cheek," right? Yeah. Because. What people don't really realize is that the the political rule, the, the rules, the law of the of that time was that you were allowed to be you could slap someone once on their cheek, and that was and with no retribution, and that that was completely uh, 
demeaning on them and their family. It was disrespect and shame upon them. But if you were to slap them a second time, the shame is turned and that's on you now. Now you are physically violent against somebody. And so by you turning the cheek, it, it was actually subversive and forcing them, forcing their hand to now everybody sees that this isn't on you. The shame isn't on you. You are now in control and have the power. This person is in the wrong. And it's kind of similar to like the story of Christ said, you know, if a sin, if someone says, carry my... I don't know if you know this thing, but uh, carry my cloak and walk with me for a mile. If someone says, walk with me for one mile, you walk two miles. And the reason why is because we always forget and nobody teaches because it doesn't fit what works for us in American society that centurion Roman law was that at any point in time, a Roman centurion could go up to any uh, just normal person and force them to carry something and walk with them for up to one mile without payment. But after one mile, you they then had to pay you and give you back something for your time and work. So Christ is like, hey, if they force you to walk a mile, say yeah, and walk two miles. Because if you keep going above and beyond, now you are in control and they have to pay you for their time. Wow. But that subversive, the, the subversive the nature of power, uh, in so, that piece away, we no one talks about that. I want to say it's, something about that. Yeah. When you were talking, I could be totally about, wrong too. No, I, I think, I this think is you're absolutely wrong. right. And I think we were talking about like the story of Jesus. It's about giving freedom. Yeah, yeah. And I, what I wanted to say in that moment, when I didn't want to interrupt, is and power. Sure. Because that's what he's always. That's what his words always did, and it was giving power to the powerless giving a voice to the voiceless and being that and then religion has been used to control people and keep those who are powerful in power and control mass groups of people and so that's why so many translations of the bible are the way they are that's why yeah yeah um, you know and because because they figured out well you know like homosexuality for example that, that word wasn't invented until like i think 1846 Yes. And like that okay. word is never in the Bible. Like they talk about <laughs> yeah. that, that word, it wasn't. And they, they're uh, Malakoi, or I don't know how to say it in the, in the original Greek. That was a word that that was used um, in reference to uh, people using people being using sex and like specifically rape. As a, as a way to control other people or humiliate them or show dominance over them. Sure, and yeah. that was kind of used, that's what it was used. The translation, For centuries, through a, like the Persian yep, Empire, that's yep. all, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there were, there were... You know, I, the, well, Pers Persian Empire, by the way, so you know that I've read some history. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, um, but like the, the word that was that's used for like, the, there's a Bible verse that, that talks about like, um, a man should not lie with another man as he does with his wife. The translation for that actual verse is is a, is a word that doesn't translate into English, but it is a word that, when directly translated, is talking about young little boys. And it's like, you shouldn't be a pedophile. Like, that's what that verse is talking about. Don't lay with little boys the way, you're, the way you would lay, lay with your wife. That's what that verse is saying. And it's specifically in those a lot of those letters they're writing to a specific group of people who were dealing with certain issues and they were 
they were facing and confronting those issues in these letters. And then American Christianity has grabbed onto those things and said, well, that means this, and I'm literally translating for this, and this letter must have been written for the, for the church in Atlanta. And, you know, it's like, yeah, the church in Minnesota. It's like, yeah, no, no, it was the church in Galatia. Yeah. You know why Paul is so upset about at the Galatians? They, yeah. What they, what, what they were trying to do? They were trying to be better. They were trying to go back and add the Jewish law to new Gentiles who had converted to Christianity. And they were saying, well, now you got to live under, if you follow these extra rules, you'll be even more righteous and do this. And Paul, when he wrote that letter, he's pissed. He's like, you bunch of idiots. What the hell are you doing? You've been given power. You've been given freedom. And now you're trying to make everybody who's never even under this law live under this law? You're a bunch of freaking idiots. But then the church of Colossians or Corinth, there's another church, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. they were like worshiping idols. Yeah. They were like doing all this like really, quote, really bad immoral stuff. And his tone with them was like, hey guys, <laughs> let's, let's not forget that like you have this freedom and power in Christ and, and like, let's, let's refocus. He wasn't like, you bunch of idiots. He was, he was very gentle with them. But when, with the self-righteous, pious, very high and mighty type of Christians, he was ruthless with them. And I feel like if he could write a letter to the American church today, there would be a lot of F words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like he wouldn't be proud. He would see, he's like, you're not giving freedom. You are not giving power. You are controlling and you're using using this. You're mixing these things and all you have is politics. Yeah. It's, it blows my mind that we do not acknowledge more that, that we, at least in America, we live in one of the greatest superpowers ever known to the world. And we're reading a book that was written to people that were being domineered by the greatest superpower of their time. And <laughs> I've never like, thought about it that way. <laughs> that is, that was, the book was written for people that were, it was not written for superpowers, people that were in the, it was written for people that were just getting walked all over. Yeah. The poorest of the poor. And the fact that we don't acknowledge that and say, okay, we might not be understanding some of this shit we're reading right now. Let's dive a little bit deeper. Let's go down the rabbit hole, like we said earlier. But... If we're all doing, if we're doing like like earlier you said, people don't want to hear what your opinion is. They want to hear your their opinion come out of your mouth. Yeah. That's exactly what thousands of people do in the pews every time they go to church on Sunday. They don't want to hear the pastor's opinion. And they don't want to hear what the Bible actually says. They want to hear their opinions coming out of the pastor's mouth. Oh, and that's, yes. And too many pastors have too much, you know, there's, there's too much at stake to talk about confrontational issues, to talk about things that you need that, that are that sh- we should actually be talking about in church and be open to talk about in church yeah. they w- they'll avoid those topics completely because they'll, they'll lose half the people that are there you just cherry pick it and kind of make it work for you I mean yeah. a great example and is I that I don't think everybody's that way I yeah. just see that happen I've, I've been in that circuit enough in my life I grew up in it and I worked in it as an adult and I I've done enough of it to know that there's there's too much out there that's so that's backwards. Yeah. Uh, 
Man, I some, probably gonna lose some followers after this, right? <laughs> I, the thing is, I don't. I want to. If I'm gonna be doing, if I'm going to be sustainability, right? Like, if I'm gonna be turning on a microphone, uh, this was just gonna be for like a 15 minute thing. But this is a, this is turned into a full like episode question. I mean, we have like a five hour. Let's drive, keep going. Just know? kidding. But I I think that. Oh, by the way, the drive back home tomorrow is yeah. gonna take so much longer than great. this. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is making it fly by. Um, but oh, what was I gonna say? I think. Uh, oh, shoot, I lost it. Um, oh, one thing. Yeah, the thing I was gonna say was that uh, the followers comment. I'm like, I'm thinking. You know what? If I am gonna be recording something every day and sharing my opinions, it has to be sustainable. And what, there's a few things that makes things sustainable. Make it has to be easy to a certain extent for me to be able to do. I have to have a flow. But one thing is, I have to be. I'm learning to at all times function in the purest form of my like opinion and just being as honest and open and transparent as possible. Yeah. Whereas when I started the podcast, I was very careful. I never talked about politics or religion. I never threw out my opinions. It's just about the other person. And I, I look listening back. I, I appreciate those conversations. But I sense a level of apathy, conversational apathy within myself. Like, Interesting. I, it was kind of, I was, I, I feel like I've been too much of a blank canvas. And I still want to be open and curious and like pulling things out from conversations with people. But I also want to let, like this conversation, I'm so jacked right now because it's, it's literally pulled things out of me that I've been able to say that and give voice to that I have been thinking but haven't really clarified for a long time Sure. so going back and listening to this for me maybe will help me solidify some of the things I've been thinking so to that I mean you're talking about it's all about power right like giving hey you've been you're talking about the the letter to the Colossians whatever like you've been given this power use it or whatever Uh, and we're talking about subversiveness uh, with politics and actually what like, all this stuff with curiosity and I wonder one of the things I'm, I'm really having a hard time when it comes to defining curiosity and living a curious life is where the power lies within that for you I think it lies I, what I really don't want to do as I'm working on this book that I'm writing I don't want curiosity to mean apathy or just be open and don't have an opinion. Like, you can still have an opinion while giving a crap about other people's opinions. Yeah. I, and I don't I don't have it all figured out necessarily, well, but I, I think that's it, it right there. Power. What you just said is the key, I think. I don't have it all figured out. Not having it all figured out is one thing. Not having it all figured out and acknowledging that you don't have it all figured out is, I think, the most important part. Because I, I've yeah. said a lot of things that on this on this in this Chat. conversation yeah. that probably came out of my mouth sounding pretty absolute. Oh hell yeah. And I tend to just say things yeah. in that way. But the truth is, uh, I may think differently next week. You know, yeah. like uh, <laughs> the older I get the more I realize I don't know anything. And I just wanna learn about stuff. And I tend to say things with conviction and with a lot of power and confidence. Yeah. And uh, that just I've just always that's gotten me pretty far in life, <laughs> and uh, but it doesn't mean I'm I've, I I'm not always sounding as I'm not always as secure in what I'm saying as I sound. Yeah. But with a lot of things I I am, and with faith stuff and Christianity mixed with politics, 
for me, that's just a conversation I've had so much, so many times. And that's so, I've seen so much happening. And like you said, uh, I, I'm the same way, where I look at like the words of Jesus and then uh, and then American Jesus, and I don't see that they don't look the same to me. Yeah. Uh, there's a severe disconnect. And I think that going I think that's back, part of critical thinking. Def- defending pastors uh, against what I said a little while ago, I think a lot, there are a lot of pastors who are coming to that same realization today. I think there are a lot of pastors going, oh, I thought that that there was just a handful of Christians that making the rest of us look bad. But in actuality, this is another pandemic that we have. This oh. is another... I, and I, I've, I've had conversations with those pastors. And I've, some, uh, there was a pastor on the West Coast that wrote an, uh, a letter, and they didn't disclose their name. They were stayed anonymous because of fear of losing half their flock. Yeah, yeah. But they were talking about exactly that. I've, I'm watching... The way, the way Jesus is being used as a pawn in politics in America today and how many people are eating it up and buying it that I'm realizing this is a much bigger issue than I, than I, than I thought before. This is, this is a much bigger problem. And, that, and there's, I think there are a lot of pastors who are starting to have that realization where they're going, oh, this isn't Jesus. This is... This is political yes. agenda, using the name of Jesus in vain, and yeah. recognizing that and shifting your course is really, dude. That's where the power lies. That made me think, and maybe the power lies in curiosity. Is not shaming your past self because, dude, I'm freaking embarrassed to talk about a lot of like my past musical experiences because half half of them have been like coming up through church and yeah. like the, the, this hyper hyper religious world. But I don't think it's about. You don't have. It's not taking being curious and being open to new ideas and open to questioning yourself and your questioning your own biases. Isn't about taking away power for you. It's realizing that the real power is realizing that life is like a ship in the ocean, and real power is having control to correct your course and say, "Shit, I was going in a kind of wonky direction there. The winds changed. I'm in a different climate. I need to correct and go this way." And yeah. Where you actually give up power when you... This is a sailing analogy because I've been sailing a lot this summer. Like, Do you sail? I sail. Have I told you I sail? <laughs> the, but like, if you the, you lose power, if you just kind of just say, I'm going to go this direction and th- I'm set in my ways, I'm not listening to anything. You, The wind is going to die at some point and you're going to be stuck in luff or in, in irons as they call it. Yeah. Where you're not moving, you have no movement and you're sitting in one place. You're, you're also stuck there if you never untie from the dock. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah, it's, so it's a constant questioning and opening to new things and te- yeah. the, taking the temperature of the climate and pulling in new information. But when you went out for the first time on your sailboat, did you go out knowing exactly how it was going to go? No, you're scared shit. When you go out yeah. now, do you yeah. know how it's going to go for the most part? Yeah, well, yeah. I think I've made enough mistakes where I go. I'm not afraid of the mistakes anymore. And now I'm like, it's right. not that I know where it is. I know that I, whatever, however it goes, I may be able to. I'll figure it out because I haven't capsized. I haven't capsized yet. And that's that's if we all look at, through life at that approach. If you look at the whole, how this conversation started, should I be diving more into politics? Yeah, 
Are you gonna make mistakes along the way? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, uh, are you gonna Are you gonna be okay if you look at everything through the lens of like, yeah, but I'm learning, yeah. and I'm and I'm trying and I'm doing it. Yeah. You'll, you'll get better at it. Dude, I'm exactly thinking that even the, the doing the daily things with the podcast. I'm thinking. Okay, like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm the greatest storyteller if I'm sitting down and just talking by myself, but it's only by doing it more that I'm going to get better. I have to keep doing it and I just have to trust the process. Mm-hmm. That's the only way, I don't know. That's I like your short ones too. Like not, I don't, I often don't have, I don't have a commute yeah. anywhere unless I'm on tour, which I haven't been all year. Um, <laughs> loser. I, <laughs> loser. I guess music's not working out like <laughs> you thought it would. <laughs> 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 no outside reason for that. Um, Maybe if you spent a little bit more time practicing your arpeggios, <laughs> those gigs would start flowing in. <laughs> uh, I, lo- I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> no, you were saying uh, you don't always have time because you're on tour oh, to yeah. listen to all. Yeah, but I, mean, I like the, I'll oftentimes have, you know, five to ten minutes to listen to it, one of the short ones. And sometimes I'll just go through and find one of the short ones and listen to one of those. Yeah. Not because I want to, but because I feel like if I don't, then <laughs> I, I do then, ask you. Have then you when you say when we bring it up, I'm like, oh yeah, I listened to that one with so and so. You know. Oh, thanks. We move on to. Get the Dutch bullet there. This is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. If you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever you, you, you know, the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, (laughs) I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening uh, interviewing editing recording listening to something unrelated to a podcast nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness hey Hofi can I steal you for a second do you have anything you want to say about Guinness I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more that's all that's it thanks (laughs) I love that crap alright have a great week See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it. I got nothing. The only one.
word I can think of is formaldehyde. Perfect. <laughs>